who were your teachers? I worked as a small, small boy um, with a lady called Sirpa Tukiainen, and then, then basically the person I graduated from Sibelius Academy was Jaakko Ilves. And in the meantime, I also spent two years in Stockholm uh, with um, Enre Wolf, who was, I think, something like 80 years old already at that time. <laughs> He was kind of the last student alive um, from the Hubei school. Uh -huh. He was from former Hungarian, or yeah, he still was, but he had emigrated to Sweden like decades ago. And then there have been master classes. Uh, I have to name Vilmos Shabadi from okay. like many years ago, who I bumped into a couple of times. And I think he kind of at the time managed to say something like which was correct just for me and you know like a great timing and basically encouraged all those things what what needed to be encouraged and then some things which i should leave out a bit he also basically was making a point you know like a correct point so i think uh, he said good things at also uh, at a very correct time. So he, I think, made also a difference um, as a single or uh, a couple of masterclasses during those. So basically these these people as a teacher I would like to mention. Nice. And uh, yeah, you mentioned about this 2020 year. How you managed through this year and what you can advise to listeners what to do in these hard times? Well, for the listeners, sorry, sorry that there probably was not too much music. <laughs> so yeah. there was not much to listen to 2020. Um, yeah, I was full of expectations for like some interesting new projects on the way, you know, in the National Opera, but also in other orchestras, some chamber music things. And then just suddenly we were not allowed to do anything and yeah i would say i did not have a bigger problem our employer national opera treated us really well and you know there hasn't been much of any missed salary or so so but i really really feel sorry for you know all my all the people i know in this business who are freelancing or have been having like temporary contracts or something because I'm really worried about what will happen for them in the future because it's going to take a long time before our business as classical music it kind of recovers to a level where basically we can have you know all of us playing together and there is foundation and I'm fund foundation enough for just hiring extra players again because we all have been forced into massive cuts for budget so yeah i really hope we have like hit the rock bottom a month ago or something and now the only way would be up upwards again so we really have fingers crossed that that there will not be any worse year <laughs> regarding probably anything than this 2020 so and especially our business which has suffered probably most 
of uh-huh. all. But the only thing I can wish is just better luck for all of us for next year. Yeah. But uh, what do you think we have talked also before? Like, uh, because, uh, for example, if you know, in UK there was state propaganda that artists should change profession and it was a, a big mess in the social media. People were talking about this and uh, many politics think that we actually don't need so so much music, so many orchestras, so many academies. And what do you think about this topic? Oh, it's very... Well, of course, I as a musician and have never had any other profession it's easy to <laughs> guess how i feel about it i'm really worried um somehow i feel that this is a battle or yeah well kind of a war which yeah. us musicians or the culture we've been having all the time since probably i don't know decades and decades already there is there are always people who question us the need for something something like this what we do and funny when you mentioned UK because you know there is this quote by Winston Churchill back in the second world war because he was asked that he would have to cut down the budget for the funding for culture or something because they just need to more for the factories but he really refused and said that come on no because we find for then if not, you know, the culture or something. So I think that's something which is good, would be good for everyone to remember that, like, our things don't have to be, I mean, all of the things don't have to be productive or, like, you could basically count that they made profit. Uh, What we do is so much much harder to judge because we don't produce the numbers which can be seen immediately yeah. and that's been always the problem for us musicians but i'm sure we bring so much good for for all the people who can be part of it so that's something which is impossible to measure and i really hope that that this would be remembered in the future as well yeah I, and, yeah and it was it was very relieving to to experience when we were able to to do a start at the National Opera at August again after these lockdowns and something like, I don't know, half a year or so was just went past without anything. And just, you know, the the reactions of the people when they were able to see and hear like a live performance again. And, you know, this happiness and this, you know, joyful and relief, the reaction that really showed to me that yeah, there is massive need for, you know, for these kind of things, what we do. So that kind of made me, made me hopeful and sort of quite trust, trust, you know, with the thing that I think we will have opportunities in the future too. But of course, there is, there is always like a thing what, what some people think that, that yeah, these people just you know should get some other jobs, but it's just not that simple. Um, I yeah, and for that reason as well, I really, I really hope that this situation goes quickly past, and then 
we will have, you know, even better chance than ever, perhaps, you know, just to basically show how much we are needed and how much we bring people happiness. Yeah, I think it's a problem also quite, let's say, philosophical problem about that our world became quite materialistic and uh, culture and music provide something what is intangible and uh, but at the same time as you said as you said about listeners i also remind myself when we played in the schools in finland uh, it was part of our orchestra project and when you see that uh, kids so happy after that you understand that you cannot just remove it and throw it out throw it off yes it really unites people and the audience it's it's important, of course, to have recordings and streamings have become a big part um, of keeping, you know, the things going on at this time, especially, but nothing really beats the live performance, either yeah. for the players or the, nor the audience. And that's something which, is, which has been really good to see again, that people really have been missing us. And let's yeah. hope they don't have to miss us. <laughs> much anymore yeah. and also problem with uh, for example with a streaming i found myself like if people don't know but uh, for example spotify play pays musician only 0.4 cent per stream so it's not really money from which you can live and uh, if, if, for example, if uh, in Finland, for example, a musicians' union can regulate what happened lively on stage, but they can can't regulate what really what happens in these streaming yes. platforms. <laughs> yeah, streaming. I don't think many many sources have been doing much much at all business streaming, and maybe. At the same, you know, at the same time, it has become some sort of problem that too many people would not want to pay a single dime for yeah. for like excellent quality streaming by excellent musicians, and that's that's also a bit of a problem. But I would also think that in the future it might change into something that people get used to pay even a little bit, but also. I've been always thinking that the streaming is not much away from our live performance, but these would be kind of a way that people also remember that, hey, this was so great. I need to go to the live concert next time. So yeah. that would be something which kind of help people to realize or remember how, how cool it's to go to the concert. So what streaming have have become something less like, a, I don't know, a new normal in this year. <laughs> and yeah. I hope, you know, the emphasis goes back next year, that it's like a well-supportive way for the live concerts, live shows, because these are what ultimately really matter to people. Yeah. All right. Um, what instrument are you playing? Are, um... I think you're playing Andrea Guarneri, is it right? Yes, it is. It is so, and it's um, it's on permanent loan, uh, okay. by a private person, and and uh, basically the connection is being 
is being created through the Finnish National Opera uh, to my position. But it's, yeah, it's the, the instrument is indeed uh, Andrea Guarneri from, I think, 1682 or something. And it's, yes. yeah, yes. what can I say? It's a, it's a great, great instrument. Um, and oh, it doesn't leave me much much of excuses not to play well so <laughs> unfortunately there's this downside so but yeah it's it's great oh it's inspiring um what you can basically achieve with um all the old instruments from Italy from that era and it just basically kind of stimulates you trying to find even better sounds and you know I still keep learning or like basically adjusting to the instrument even I've been having it for some years and it just still keeps opening up as you know these great instruments tend to do so yeah it's it's inspiring and also of course kind of a big responsibility to have something which is other persons and it's really expensive and also I think it's it's kind of my deal is also try to respect it and trying to play it you know with it as well as possible so it's it's great to have a fantastic instrument and uh, what's the bow you you have well i have um several bows it's um some of the french also some modern i think it's the more you get to know uh, about playing i think you you discover that the bow is also really important. It doesn't have to be um, basically as expensive as possible, but um, I, I don't think that you can manage well with only one bow because there are different different occasions where it's much much useful to have another bow. Say, would, uh, I would not play like a Brahms concerto soloist uh, with something what I love to do, a Don Giovanni opera, because um, the, you know, these these both just happen to be different. Some both are great; they have great sound, but they just don't function really well. And then it works the other way around, unfortunately. So, or you need to pay hell of a lot of money <laughs> to have something which really works both ways. But yeah, it's it's something I think you need to have several good bows to be able oh. to change them occasionally. So it's quite important to have a good instrument and a good bow. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like I don't know how how would you say equipment sports in a way that um, you need to be able to play really well. But if you if your instrument or your tools just don't meet a certain criteria, then it's really hard to sound really good. If you, it's like I don't know Formula One driving. That probably even Michael Schumacher would not have won the world championships with the worst car <laughs> in the yeah. Formula One. So he needed a good car. So it it does make a difference. It oh. it's not everything, but but a good player needs to have a good good instrument and a bow. So well, otherwise, it's too difficult. Are the strings and uh, rosin are they important? Well, um, yeah, um, I don't belong to those who have been doing endless 
experimenting with strings, but but having said that, I have a new set of strings currently which I'm trying kind of for the first time. And I think you have to realize also that um, the technical de development has gone forward also, you know, what comes to strings. So I'm happy to discover new innovations, which is, you know, would sound even better and last longer. So, um, yeah, they are. I, I think it does matter to some point if you have harder or softer strings and then you have them combined with a certain kind of instrument. Um, you need to, you, you don't need the loudest and hardest strings for a loud modern instrument, say like this, and, and vice versa. Uh, I belong to, um, I, I, I'm a person who have kind of constantly a rosin crisis. <laughs> I'm, okay. yeah, um, kind of never, never really constantly happy with any rosin. I, I like something and then next time I take it, oh, well, it wasn't so good. And, and then I try kind of a few different rosins and possibly found something which is something I think would be happy for, but it's uh, too early days to say, but yeah, I keep changing rosin much more than probably most of the people, but thank God they don't cost, cost too much either. So yeah, it's the matter of, you know, the traction and the grip and almost how much dust and also probably even your playing style probably would matter a bit, but yeah, sometimes it's a problem with the rosins that you might get, um, from a different set, so the basically the similar brand isn't anything like the one you had from the previous set, even though it's just the same thing. So sometimes it gets quite hard to say whether the rosin had been in the compartment for too many months or weeks or something, and then you just disregard it based on its age, even though it would be really good. So yeah. I keep trying a lot of rosins. <laughs> and what do you think about about this uh, new handmade, quite expensive rosins? Um, I might have one of those actually myself oh. uh, on experiment as we speak. Um, it was much more expensive than I was used to, and my initial thoughts are that. I will have to buy another one when this one dies out. So, so I don't know much about them, but my first impressions are, are very positive, positive actually. So, yeah, um, I have to see. Yeah, I have to show you next time. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So we are reaching the end. Maybe you can advise. Um some books to read? Well, um, that was too difficult. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, books, um, of course, I can't name actually any real book, um, like a specific book for us players, because just well, basically not, reading, not... reading so much about all the maestros, those stories, or maybe composers, Maybe I would say more important is to is to kind of trying to 
orientate yourself how these people are the great composers great players what where they were going through in their lives what they were thinking just like trying to gather those those are ideas what they had their own experiences throughout the life and maybe that would make you know people understand even more what they meant and what they went through and that might influence your personal ideas just like yeah reading not necessarily you know all the books you can get but anything any more interesting information about these people and also their products or their works that's that's interesting but i would not be able really to name any specific what what is the one thing which you can wish to the violinist to in order to achieve the success well i would say the thing which i would say makes the most difference is um Okay, too hard to name one thing, but of course you have to be, I think you have to be patient once you reach a certain level and ambitious, but also humble at the same time. And just trying to basically be open to to your own ideas, to monitor them kind of from outside and trying to not to get stuck too much in your own own ways, your own habits, but to be open-minded all the time, whether I should do something differently. And then when you think that something works really well, then you also have to stick to that and not um, trying to be suspicious about it. So it's kind of to be humble, some humbleness, some confidence, some patience, and some ambitious you know, things at the same time. So. It's a difficult mixture, but I think this one, this one should work, ultimately. All right. Well, I want to say you thank you, Yuka, for this nice interview. Thank you, it was a pleasure. Yeah, it was very nice to talk to you. And to people who are listening to us, follow up this channel. I'm preparing some very exciting and interesting interviews. Goodbye!